all roads lead to we can't do this alone. And if we can be a sponge for information around us, and if we can get to the bottom of why we might be feeling a certain way, as opposed to just crawling in a black hole, because that sounds really easy, but it's actually really detrimental in the long run. If we can just find the tools that we need and ask around and ask for help and start to be a student of why we're going through something or why we're feeling a certain way, I firmly believe that you can pull yourself out and be your own champion in that way. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary. Hola. Welcome to What's the Lesson? Mary, today's Friday. Today is In Friday. Our world, it is. I don't know when you'll be listening to it, but right now, current time, it's Friday. And it's July 1st. The fact that Ooh. we've made it to July is crazy. It's July. Do you know why else that's crazy? Because we launched this podcast in July last year. You saying that. I was in Colorado for July 4th, scrambling to get our first four episodes <laughs> uploaded. So I think our anniversary of this podcast is in like three days. Oh my gosh. Well, we're going to celebrate. I, I think the guest that we have on today is our celebratory i mean i couldn't think of a better oh my gosh i couldn't think of a better cheerleader to celebrate with us but before we do that july 4th how are you doing jill um well i was gonna say i you you stopped me in my tracks when you said july 4th i did july 1st (laughs) (laughs) but it is the fourth of july weekend i'm doing well we just got off of another week of summer camp and it was fantastic. Four weeks down. Four weeks down, two to go, and I think years and years to come. Oh my gosh. If there's anything that this summer camp has taught us, it's how capable we are to continue to put out incredible things for girls to come to. Well, and honestly, who else sets their like limits at the floor when it should be the ceiling? Or like we haven't mm-hmm. expanded enough. We right. we think that our limitations are just so much bigger than they are. And we prove to ourselves just how much we could possibly do and give and impact and be. And it, it's been it's been wild. Yeah. yeah. So how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm I'm I feel we, we have a lot going on and it feels good to be just in it. It feels good to yeah. be in it. And I think the guest we also have today understands what that means better than anyone we know. So not only is she going to celebrate with us that 
This is a year in the making. She's also been one of our biggest cheerleaders in um, when it concerns camp. And she is just one of our biggest cheerleaders in life in life. And she works her ass off. Yeah, she does. Risa, what's up, girlfriend? What an intro. I feel like I should sing like, happy anniversary, happy, happy anniversary. <laughs> Here she goes. Happy anniversary. I didn't, I didn't, re- we had talked about that a couple of times a few weeks ago, but I didn't realize like today is July 1st. I mean, it's been a year since we've started podcasting. I know. Um, and literally, how, how did God know that that you needed to be on our podcast today because truly you are the perfect person to celebrate this one year milestone in our business. But not only for you to celebrate with us, you have the most beautiful story that we can't wait to get into. Um, But first, do you want to tell our audience, like give us a rundown of who you are and what you do? Yes, I would love to. My name is Risa Costas. I am a wardrobe stylist, personal shopper. I'm also a product developer, CEO and co-founder of the Rescue Kit Company, which is a company that creates fashion emergency kits for brides and beyond. And um, let's see what else. I mean, a serial entrepreneur, I would say. Uh, I'm also dabbling in a new venture, which I'm not sharing too much about right now. I'm still in the early stages, but uh, always involved in other people's big ideas, startups, like you said, cheerleading for other people. I'm also a philanthropist. I'm on the board of the Valley Youth Theater. I love working with kids. I'm also their chairperson for their upcoming fundraiser, as I was last year. Um, So just all around throwing myself into as many jobs as I can, because why not? (laughs) Um, You forgot one. Dog mom. Dog Dog mom. (laughs) I mean, Welly. Welly is the sidekick of all sidekicks. And the sweetest little puppers there is, really. So with all of that, with all of your many, many, many hats, um, and you look fabulous doing so, just by the way. I know you can't see her, but we'll verify. With all of that said, we want to kick the conversation off. And I want you to leave our audience, not leave them, start them so we can leave them with gold, of course. But what are two things that you want to give our audience so they can walk away being like, whoa, Risa, okay, (laughs) know and love that name, know and love that message, know and love that girl. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, geez, how do I even pick two? I think one of them is definitely like as a pay it forward advocate and a kindness advocate, like I want you to walk away feeling like you felt that from me. I definitely live my life to, I always make, make it a point every day to pay one compliment a day to somebody. So even if that's like a quick text message or texting my mom or calling somebody or chiming in on social media and telling somebody how amazing they are. That's a huge part of my personal brand. And just like my personal philosophy, my core values as a human being is preaching kindness. So if there's one thing I want people to know about me, it's that you're, I'm always going to try to leave you better than I found you. Um, I think it's especially related to what you guys do with all the girls that you mentor. And I think that's why I just resonate so much with the work that you do. So Good oh for you. Well, I could get into it right now, but we're give it give us the other one. That one was so 
packed full of goodness, and I can't wait to unpack that. And so up our alley. And yeah. so up our alley. I think that's why we're friends, because we are drawn to each other because of those reasons. So second, second thing, what's the second thing that you would like our audience to know or walk away with? Um, I want them to know that it's okay to set boundaries for yourself. I think we're going to talk a little bit about boundaries today, but I have recently learned what boundaries consist of. And it isn't just like a simple no or a yes. It's so much more than that. And I think in order to show up as the best version of yourself, and the only reason I've been able to show up authentically as myself over the last like three to five years is because I've really understood and learned and been a student of boundaries. So if I can preach one last thing um, for you all to leave with, it's, it's, keeping your circle small and your dreams tall. I like to say that and just really like setting great boundaries for yourself so you can show up as the best version of yourself. Amen, honey. And that's the podcast, folks. We'll see you later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no, there's so much gold in this. There's so much gold in this. And honestly, I kind of want to start with two first. Mm -hmm. I want to start with your boundaries because if you don't mind telling us how old you are, not at all. I love it. You want to card me? <laughs> I do. I want to card you because I don't believe you. My mouth hits the floor every time. It does. Oh, I mean, it looks like she's 19, everyone, and I'm uh, not kidding. Thank you. Um, I'm 40 and a half. You're 40 and a half. And Throw that half in, girl. The, the reason I say that, the reason I want that to be a point in this conversation is because you said you recently learned what boundaries were. You recently learned what boundaries were. You recently learned how to kind of really set them. And I'm sure you're still in the practice of and still really learning what that looks like for you. Um, will you explain what it looked like for you to really hit a point to where you needed to set boundaries? Like mm -hmm. the why behind why it became so important for you to that, that being such a big point in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I started to hit a major roadblock in my life. I started to burn out so hard that I wasn't showing up as the person that I know that I am and that I was meant to be. So for instance, I was stonewalling myself from people, staying home more often than I was used to, becoming a little bit of a loner. <laughs> and if you know me at all, you know that I thrive and get energy from the people around me. I love being in a room full of people. I can be exhausted, but the minute I like leave my house and get around people, I am on cloud nine. My energy level goes up, up, up. I'm able to provide for other people. And I just like thrive in that type of atmosphere but I started to hit a wall. I started to feel a lot of resentment. I, I started to be upset that I had to go to work. And I just started feeling like, wow, what is going on with me? Like, am I depressed? Am I, am I just becoming an introvert? Meanwhile, I found out through this process that I'm actually a combination of introvert, extrovert, which we can talk about. Um, they call it an ambivert. So I really started to like dive deep and, and start listening to podcasts and start having conversations with people. I talked to my therapist about it and I discovered a book that changed my life. And I'm going to pause here because I want everybody to get a piece of paper <laughs> and a pen. Or I'm like, their phones. you book got book. to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> there is a book that I 
heard about on a podcast called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. I believe the author's name is Nedra Tawab. And when I read this book, not only did I whip through it and I actually have a habit of starting books and not finishing them. And I mean that in like every sense of the word, like writing them and not finishing them, also reading them and not finishing them because I have a little bit of ADD. I also have a lot happening in my life. So I have about six books by my bedside that I'm halfway through, but you know what? They're really good. All of them. Uh, and I will. Get and, them. and you'll get to them. <laughs> I will. <laughs> But this book had me so captivated because it was so relevant to everything that I was feeling in my life. And I just knew that I needed to make a huge change and I needed resources around me, right? Like, again, everything leads, all roads lead to, we can't do this alone. And if we can be a sponge for information around us, and if we can get to the bottom of why we might be feeling a certain way, as opposed to just crawling in a black hole, because that sounds really easy, but it's actually really detrimental in the long run. If we can just find the tools that we need and ask around and ask for help and start to be a student of why we're going through something or why we're feeling a certain way, I firmly believe that you can pull yourself out and be your own champion in that way. Um, so reading that book was not only like super easy for me because it was so relevant, but it was also a really easy, fast read and incredibly relatable to everything that I was going through. And I learned that boundaries can be set not only in the workplace, because that's where I was feeling really burned out, but I felt like it was trickling into my personal life. Um, but boundaries can be set with family members, even grandparents, aunts and uncles, people on social media. Um, people in your friend circle, wherever it is in your life that you communicate or you find yourself, whatever settings you find yourself in, there's always a tool for how to navigate setting boundaries in those areas. So that was when I, I, when I started to feel like I wasn't myself, I knew that I had to do the work and figure out what was going on. I can relate to you in the sense of um, feeling burnt out in a workplace, but then it bleeds into other areas. And you're like, why am I so short with my family members? Or why don't, or why am I getting annoyed with my friends or wh whatever that may be? Um, I've been there. And I do know that, um, sometimes if we don't look at the root of the problem, it's going to show up again in a different way. Mary likes to say that it rears its ugly head again and again and again and again. So curious for you, Risa, you felt burnt out in your job, but what was the boundary that you had to set? Was there some, was there a conversation or was it, what was the moment for you? Because I wonder if people who are listening are also like, oh my gosh, that's me. And mm -hmm. What did she do? Where where was it? And and what did she do to 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 move past that feeling of resentment, burnout, etc.? Great question. I mean, for me as an entrepreneur, and I'm sure there are a lot of entrepreneurs and solopreneurs who listen to your podcast and maybe even single moms. Like, I think it's relevant to anybody who's trying to navigate like everything and it feels like they're doing a lot of that themselves. For me, it was all my fault. I take full responsibility. And a lot of times it is like, imagine like you don't have any boundaries with your kids and they're hanging all over you while you're trying to be on a work call, but there was never a precedent set that there weren't, they weren't allowed to do that. And you didn't set that boundary for them and for yourself. That's your fault. That's on you. You're the parent. You're the adult in that situation. And I equate that to being the boss. I am in charge of my own destiny at work. 
I should be responsible for what makes me happy. The services that I provide as a service provider, that's on me. If something was not fulfilling me, I wasn't saying no. In fact, I was saying yes to all of it. And then I was spending my time complaining about it or like maxing myself out on it because I felt like I needed the money and feeling resentful about the client, but it was really on me. And it was my responsibility if I didn't want to work on a Saturday, but I said yes to a closet clean out that took up my entire Saturday. And then on Sunday, I was just completely drained. And that was my day to do everything. And I didn't want to get anything done. Guess what? It's my fault. I could have pushed that client to another day and easily said, you know what? I don't work on Saturdays, but I'd love to accommodate you. Maybe I'll make an exception two months from now so I can plan to work on a Saturday and I can take a Friday off. But that's the first availability in my schedule. That's not their fault that I said, yes, it was mine. And so I was putting it on everybody else around me and feeling resentful of the work that was coming in, as opposed to really like looking at the root of that problem. And as an entrepreneur, I set my schedule. I have full responsibility and capacity to make changes and set boundaries there. So I think like a bit of advice I can offer people is if you are an entrepreneur and you are the boss, like within reason, obviously we all have to make money, but having systems in place and having a schedule and knowing like, just like you would schedule everything else in your life, don't do your job a disservice. You have to schedule everything else. Like your kids have a summer camp schedule. They have a swim schedule. There's a schedule. It's there for a reason. So people know exactly what to expect and can plan for it. So my bit of advice there is like, actually treat everything in your life. Like it has a time block. It has a schedule stick to it because the minute you let go of that, you're just going to be mad and resentful, but it all comes back to you. And, you know, if you can stick to that and have a system in place, then you'll be, you'll be set up for success. But, but for me, it was, you know, overwhelming myself with all the yeses and learning quickly that like, okay, if something isn't making me happy that I'm providing, if there's a service that I'm providing, that's not making me happy. And then I'm going and saying yes to it on a weekend. <laughs> it's like Double what? whammy. Literal double whammy. And yeah. it is all my fault. And I've literally just dug myself into a hole that I can't get out of. And then multiply that times 15 or 20 clients for that month. And I'm, I'm, I'm creating burnout. I'm creating right. resentment. And I'm failing in all other areas of my life because I'm so upset that I made that move and it trickled down into everything else that I did. Right. That well, and I think just the overall conversation of boundaries is so important right now in particular because you said family, work, social media, and with the demographic that we deal with within our business, social media is such a pain point. And I believe there's good in everything. Social media has been incredible for us for a lot of reasons, but it's also been really detrimental. So with kids we see, the ability to invite 4 million of your closest friends into your living room to hear their opinion on how you look, what you're doing, what you're saying, Boundaries are imperative in that way. And not only boundaries, but obviously learning your value, your self-worth, and having self-awareness enough to know that setting those boundaries is important, which I think ties into your story really well as well. Because as much as things change, 
they stay the same, right? So kids have just found new ways to infiltrate other kids' lives with bullying, which is why boundaries are so important. And not just boundaries with kids, boundaries with parents as well. Like parents need to understand that they need to set boundaries for their kids who may not be capable enough to do them to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. So this this conversation on boundaries, I think, stands the test of time because there's only so much of us that we can give. And when we're expected to show up online and we're expected to show up in person and write back to every comment and say yes to every closet clean out that is presented to us, it's only a matter of time before what you just detailed out happens to us if we're not careful. Well, and I was going to say that I'm sure that made you feel like you didn't know who you were. Mm -hmm. Going back to that first point, you said you wanted to leave people better than how you found them. And I'm sure you didn't even have the capacity to do that. So my correlation in your storytelling was if you don't have boundaries, you can't show up as your best self, which we know, Risa, like it. I can't even imagine you, Risa, not putting your best foot forward or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, how sad that you felt that way and you couldn't give your gifts to people because you didn't have the capacity to do so. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for catching it soon enough so that the world gets to experience you in your fullest. And I also think that's what we need to look at with everyone, ourselves, our children. Where are their boundaries that probably need a little bit of tweaking? And how do we teach our kids, teach ourselves so that when we say yes, it's it's yes fully, you get all of me. And no, it's just a no right now because I can't show up as the best version of myself. Well, and it's a it's a no with love. I feel yeah. like we get really caught up in saying no because we think that or we tell ourselves a story about what the other person is going to tell a story about yes. us and that makes us act. So it's never coming from a place of I. We're making a decision based on what we think somebody else will think about us. Mm. Is it a lack of work ethic? Are they not going to hire me again? Do they not want to interact with me if I don't say yes to this one instance? And the fact of the matter is that's not it's not necessarily true. And if it is, why would we want to interact with that person to begin with? Well, when I started saying no, I thought I was going to get so much pushback. And so the funny thing is, is that when I started saying no, people were like, bravo for speaking your truth. And like, I started getting all of these like glowing comments back. And I was like, God, where was Why didn't this? I do this like, earlier? What? I like kicked myself. I was like, what a waste of all these years of saying yes. But I really <laughs> felt like what I really felt like was like, I've surrounded myself with the right people. I just needed to set the proper boundaries. Like I did most of the work. I already had a great clientele. But what I started saying to them was, hey, I'm checking out for the night. I've had enough screen time. Let me get back to you on that tomorrow. And I just, I got really positive reviews from people like, or positive remarks saying, Oh, good for you. Take the well-earned rest that you des deserve, like things like that. And it was just like, oh, 
that was way easier. So you're right. We do tell ourselves a story. I think like most of life is all about creating a narrative. But what this book taught me and what like the podcast that I've been listening to and like what I've been able to teach myself is like, that's just fear talking. Like the only thing stopping me from telling somebody what my truth is or what I need in order to be the best version of myself and be successful for them is like, I just need to like get past the fear and, and everything is on the other side of that, you know, and people are waiting there with open arms for you to give them a boundary. When you give a child a boundary, you can choose this or this, as opposed to just go run around and do whatever you want, eat whatever you want. Like they're crazier in that regard. But when you stop them and say, one, two, three, look at me, you can have this or this. It's like they're full attention. They, they want to hear what you're going to offer them. And they're great at making a choice. Am I wrong? No. No, you're not. And honestly, setting boundaries for kids in that regard so they don't run out into traffic because we didn't put locks on the doors means that we love them and we want to see them succeed. Mm -hmm. So where that gets lost in translation, transferring to adulthood is lost on me because I think it's almost a badge of honor at this point in our society to be like, well, I worked 17 hours and got two hours of sleep and got up and did the same thing for the next five weeks. And it's like, no, we honey, boo. We, hustle culture. we totally yeah. glamorize the hustle culture. And I will speak from a place of I in this, not anyone else, but I hold the Bible in a, in a very high position in my life and rest, like not subscribing to culture, but instead subscribing to godly principles what did Jesus do? He made the earth and people and, you know, all the things in six days. And on the seventh day, he was like, cool, look at what I did. I'm going to go ahead and rest now. And I want Adam and Eve to do the same thing. And regardless of if those are your beliefs or not, rest. The central theme in that is resting is so important. It's integral to your success. And I think people would be surprised to know or see or try on how much further they could get if they were well rested in their life by being able to set those boundaries and recharge. Well, and a little bit goes a long way with communication. If you just communicate to someone how you're feeling nine times out of 10, you're going to get the result that you were hoping for. Hey, I would love to respond to you, but I'm going to dinner now and I'm shutting off for the night, but I will, I'll get back to you tomorrow as opposed to just ignoring somebody because they don't, all people want is to feel heard. So I realized that like within my boundary setting, I needed to practice the communication skills. I mean, my goodness, I was a communication major in college. Like I should know how to communicate, but like just setting like a simple procedure like that into practice was a game changer for me. And I've actually started working less and being more satisfied and earning more when I started implementing that simple like guideline of boundaries. I love, love, love that you said that. I think we're all three communications majors as well. Is that why we get along? <laughs> I mean, yes. it's one of the many reasons, <laughs> probably. I mean, that's at the basis. <laughs> totally. Um, well, and I love that you said that, Reese, because I, I want to now shift into that first takeaway, that first point that you want to talk about, because paying it forward, sometimes uh, this, this was another uh, like light switch that went off in my, in my brain when you were talking, paying it forward 
can sometimes feel like you saying yes. Mm-hmm. Like you have in order to show up and pay it forward, you you constantly have to do the things. And I love that um, you made it very clear in your story around it doesn't have to look like that because as a recovering yes girl as well, it's exhausting. <laughs> and I do, I love the way that I feel when I support people and I do pay it forward or I'm thoughtful, but I have to check in because what is what is it going to cost me? Is it going to cost me time away from my family? Is it going to cost me time away from my job or whatever that may be? Well, and with you saying that, it makes me think of the the saying, I don't, if you've heard it, awesome. If not, here you go. Here's a nugget. Every yes is a no to some other opportunity. So uh, your yes to helping other people is a no to filling up your cup, right? And I know this to be true about you, Risa. It's like you do pay it forward. This woman legit over quarantine 2020 decided that she wanted to do something for her friends in a major way. And the impact was major. Honestly, the lasagna was the the menial part. It was the heart behind the act. She, I don't know how many lasagnas she delivered, but she roped her best friend into this plan and had him make these phenomenal lasagnas for all of us. And she showed up on our doorstep with song and dance to just give us a little bright spot in our day. And I'll never forget it. I still have the print off of the song. It's in a folder behind me on my bookshelf because that moment, somebody thinking about you and what you could possibly need in a moment of heaviness um, was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. And just to watch how you how you pay it forward every day in the little ways, I don't see that. I see the ways you pay it forward in the in the big ways. And I know that you do have to draw boundaries around that. So we're marrying the points now because if somebody sees that and they're like, oh my gosh, Risa, I saw you do that thing for this person. Will you come do this thing for this person? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. where's the boundary drawing around that? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was so much fun. I still, I'm still doing that here and there. I can't help it. You I'm have a, to. I, I just, like, I mean, I, I don't need, I, that's sorry, wrong choice of words. You don't have to do anything. You have boundaries around that. <laughs> But it brings me so much joy to just see you bring joy to other people. But Risa, I know that that joy has been a work in progress. So you being so bright, I know it's taken work. And it's also, there's been pain behind that joy. And there's like, I, I love that life can be this duality of emotions. Like just because you maybe had a really hard season or upbringing or what moments in time that were hard doesn't mean that you still can't find joy from that. And I think that really is a testimony of you. And I would love for you to share a little bit more around why paying it forward with intention Mm -hmm. is like just a value of yours because I know it came from somewhere. Thank you. Yes. It came from a couple of different places. You know, I think we've all been through something or will go through something in our lives that will force us to hit a crossroads. Like, do I turn this into something great or do I let it own me? Do I let it 
be my story for the rest of my life? Or do I turn it into a joyous learning, giving, teaching experience, not only for other people, but for yourself? So for me, um, in relation, I guess, to what you all do too, I'll start with the bullying that started happening for me in fifth grade. You know, I, it was so silly too. It started from nothing. I was in fifth grade and wrote a note to a friend asking her if she would be my best friend. And all of a sudden it just turned into the entire class turning on me. And I was tortured by this entire class of children in a very small town. And it was like out of nowhere. It just came out of nowhere. And these are like in the early days, long before social media, cell phones and all of those things. So it was just pure, like kid on kid combat at that point. And it was really difficult. I ended up having to switch schools for sixth grade and got a little bit of relief for sixth grade year because I was at a totally different school with totally different kids. And thank goodness for that year. And then we were all back together in junior high and it continued and then back together in high school. And it continued through up until my senior year of high school, there were some moments of it still senior year, but I mean, it was a really long time to go on um, experiencing this bullying with not a lot of support at home. And I just don't know that parents had the tools that they have in their toolbox now to be able to deal with these things. I also think that as we get older, we start to learn that parents are going through things on their own and can't always be there for you emotionally. And everyone's going through something. I did later learn that my parents were struggling in their marriage and got divorced um, my junior year. So pile that on top of the bullying. And then my senior year of high school, a month after graduation, I was in a pretty serious car accident that um, put me through a window and lacerated my right cheek, leading to four surgeries, uh, CO2 ablative surgeries with scar resurfacing after the reconstructive surgery in 1999. So I went to, I went on to have four surgeries total and dreams of being on Broadway or not that I was actually going to Broadway, but in my mind, I was, you know, my big vision was, was to be a singer or an actress or to be on stage in some way, shape or form, which is why I show up on people's doorsteps with song and dance. (laughs) Um, you're living it out in one way or another. And you absolutely could still make it on Broadway. I think Broadway should should come knocking. Uh I mean, it's never too late. Okay. Right. If if, if you're listening with like Tony award, like, like people, the Tony awards, like I'm, I'm waiting for somebody (laughs) to discover me. Um, but there was a lot of pain. I mean, you know, my parents lost a child before they had me. And I just think that it had to have been incredibly difficult for them to show up in the emotional capacity that I needed. I was really attention starved. I really wanted um, people to like me. And that's really where like all of this came from was, you know, you think about like, acceptance and what the world is facing now and what these kids are going through in terms of acceptance and what they have on social media, like this comparisitis and like people wanting likes and wanting followers and really craving acceptance. And I just think that that can happen anytime, any place with social media or not. There's something that happens like, you know, with kids and wanting to feel like they matter and they crave that in different ways. And acceptance was a large part of who I was as a kid. And it's rooted in just wanting people to notice me and wanting to feel like I was important. And 
when the bullying started happening, like I really thought like I did something wrong. Like I was not worthy of friendship. Like I had to beg for it. And I started feeling like I had to show people that I had a lot to offer and that I was worthy of being in their social circle or that, you know, I was nice, just pay attention to me. And it carried on through my adult life because after the bullying ended, the car accident happened. And then I had to prove to people that I was beautiful enough on the outside. I was a cheerleader in college and I was singing the national anthem on televised games for all three sports in our, at our college, at the college level. And I had to prove to people that even though I had a scar, I was talented. Or even though I had a scar, I really was a beautiful person. You just had to get to know me. Just look beyond that. So for so many years, from the time that I was 10 years old, through literally like until I started going to therapy as an older adult, I felt like I was having to prove to people that I was worthy of something. So imagine that I'm in college and I've got this scar and I had to go right off to college and was being thrown in the air a month after this like head injury, brain injury, facial scar. And about a year and a half in the post-traumatic stress and depression started to kick in. I couldn't see straight. I had to get glasses. My vision was blurry. I didn't know what time it was. I didn't know what day it was. There was so much confusion. I was really depressed and everything just came in flooding about a year and a half after my accident. And I told my parents who were going through a divorce and or freshly divorced that I needed to leave school and I needed to come home. Something was going on and I just didn't have the parental support that I needed at the time. And um, basically was told like, oh, well, if you want to leave school and not get an education, you can't live in this house. And my dad didn't really have a safe place for, for me to land at the time because he was in between homes and trying to figure out where he was going to go. And they loved me, but there was a lot of tough love going on because my mom was an educator. So now I'm craving somebody to just like watch over me while I'm going all through all of this. So again, craving, 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 needing, 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 not getting, not getting, not feeling supported. And I just it, it, like that pattern continued to go on because I didn't finish school at that traditional time. I ended up going to hairdressing school and fell into the fashion industry. And that's how I ended up where I am today. But, you know, all of those years between leaving school and developing a career, I didn't have a college degree. So I was craving attention again in the way, like proving to people, trying to show them that I was worthy of a job, even though I didn't have a degree. So again, constant proving, constant showing. And all of this just put me on this track to show people that I was worthy and that I deserved some attention and that I could deliver for them. Um, but it was always at my own detriment. Like I never took care of the things that I needed to take care of for me mentally. I was always trying to prove to other people. And that's what led me, I think, to not having any boundaries because I needed to accept anything that would come my way, any approval that would come my way. And it was just a pattern that I learned I, ha I had to break in my late thirties after realizing it and being old enough to reflect back and going to therapy and getting the help that I needed. I really like, it took a lot of reversing of that, those old behaviors and old patterns and a lot of self-discipline and a lot of like pushing the pause button and saying like, I am worthy 
I do work hard. I don't have to be nice to people because I need to be accepted. I want to be nice to people because I want to use what I've been through and show them that they're not alone. And I want to give back and pay it forward so other people can feel good, not at my own detriment, but to fulfill me in the best way possible. Well, and just knowing what we know about you and hearing that little soundbite that paints such a little picture of what you actually went through, people might say, gosh, it's it's so surprising that she took it that way and didn't go the other way. Mm-hmm. Because there's two very distinct paths you could have taken, right? You could have been very shut off. You could have said, F this, I'm hardened. This situation programmed me in such a way that I could care less about giving back because no one's ever given to me. All they've done is poke at me. All they've done is take from me. All they've done is neglect me. Instead, you took it and you took your mess and you turned it into your message. And those are the strongest types of messages. They really are. It's incredible to know you now in this season of your life. Obviously, we've known each other for a few years now, but it's incredible to know what happened in your life and see the incredible woman that stands in front of us today based on the storms that you've weathered. I was just going to say, too, it's never too early or it's never too late to practice these tools. Mm -hmm. And I, I totally agree with you, Mayor. Like, Risa, you could have just been like, well, these are the cards that were dealt to me. And this is the life that I, I guess, was given to me. Mm-hmm. What you did was take your life back and look at it in, in a way, in a, in a perspective to say, this isn't, this isn't how I want it to go. This isn't it how, for me. No, I am going to buy back my power mm-hmm. and I'm going to... And I'm going to look at myself. How do I look at Risa and say that it's not about everybody else's validation of who I am, but what, who am I? Mm-hmm. And that, that internal work is you going to therapy, you, you going down this path of personal growth and development, you learning the skills to set boundaries. And that That is why I wanted to have you on the show. That is why Mary and I wanted to have you on the show to show parents, to show girls that these skills are important. These skills are so important, whether it's learning how to set boundaries or learning how to say no. I was a yes girl my whole life and I felt just like you. And I knew that if I didn't figure out a way to buy back my my energy, I was going to be at the expense of others. God, how exhausting. God gave her me. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, thank goodness. So thank you for being, thank you for sharing that first of all, because it paints such a beautiful picture around heartache and pain. And it also shows like triumph and overcoming because you are this bright light. And I'm so grateful that we get to receive that. Mary and I both do. And I would feel so terribly sad if I didn't have you in my life and our life because of what had happened to you. Or I should say what happened for you. No, what happened for you. And this conversation serves as such a beautiful example of being able to turn the other page, right? Like 
doesn't matter what happened. We can always work it out in a way that works for us if we're willing to put in the work. It works if you work it and you're a beautiful example of that. Thank you for giving us your light. Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll just take this opportunity to say I didn't have people like you. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not painting a picture. My, I had supportive parents, but I think that people don't always know or have the tools to show up for you in the way that you need. Um, and as a child, it's also really hard to speak your truth of what you need and what you want. And you may not even know what you need or what you want. So I don't want to paint the picture that I didn't have supportive parents. They are wonderful people and they're very much part of my life. Um, and have been. But I also want to take this opportunity to say, I didn't have mentors like you. The work that you two are doing, I'm so invested in it as your friend and as somebody who really needed somebody like the two of you growing up. So thank you for what you're doing. I have thrust myself upon you in more ways than one to be involved in what you're doing and to know what you're doing <laughs> and to like literally involve myself in any way shape or form, because it's so incredibly important for the future generations to have mentors and to have people who can teach them these tools and who have adult relationships that they can then translate into what kids might need. And like, what's great is like, I'm not a parent, but I know what I needed as a kid. And I think Mary, for you too, like, I know that from talking with you, like that's part of your story as well. Like, you know what you needed, which is why you're there. And then Jill, you're a parent and you're an incredible parent at that. But like, also, I'm sure there were things that you needed. So I just want to say thank you for the work that you two are doing. Well, we received that lovingly. Thank you for that acknowledgement. And sister, we're not doing it alone, right? Thrust into (laughs) our business (laughs) away. Seriously, because you said this earlier, it's, it's a community affair and this is no longer a Jill and I's business. We're, we're literally hanging on. It's something that was delivered to us that we are happy to have so much love and support around Mm. and you being an integral, integral part of this mission in this business. Yeah, yeah, beautiful there. ambivert you are. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> I'm like, wait, me too. I feel like I am an extrovert, but I love my downtime. So I'm like, oh, okay. I, I resonate with that. It's a good in between. <laughs> I needed to recharge. I think it's important. Like I had no idea I had any introverted qualities because you would think, you know, I do live TV and I can, you know, get up and talk in front of people. But I'm actually like really... I like to keep to myself and I recharge when I'm like home and alone and quiet. And I just, there's nothing I love more than sitting on the couch with my dog with a laptop and, you know, this like huge jug of water or whatever it is that comforts me. But like, I realize like when I go out into the world, I can give my all. And like, that's the extrovert inside of me, but there's this like really quiet, like recharge, rechargeable battery that like needs to sit at home and needs to like be on the charger so I can show up, you know, as the best version of myself. I resonate with that, (laughs) but I've, I've learned that about myself recently. So Mm -hmm. I wonder how long I've overlooked that in my life, but I think that's a really beautiful call out. Well, and the greatest part about being a part of a community like this is we want to take what we learned. We want to take what we need now, what we know we needed then now and give it to younger generations so they don't suffer the same way that we suffered, right? I think it's the coolest part to be able to give our gifts away in the sense that 
makes other people around us better and not just our friends, strangers at that. And conversations around boundaries, we pay it forward, we spread our knowledge. It's pretty cool. So we'll make sure that people know where to find and follow you because she does these incredible closet cleanouts that sometimes she regrets, but they're beautiful. <laughs> they're beautiful. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Boundaries, Not anymore. baby. And um, we're excited to see what this next um, exciting venture looks like and however we can support. We're here for it. But um, it's just really cool to see your constant evolution of you becoming you. The best version of yourself through yeah. and through. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, baby step at a time. <laughs> uh, totally. Um, <laughs> And on that note, you guys, one baby step at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. We hope you found it as value packed as we did. Uh, and we will see you on the next episode of What's the Lesson. Bye, everyone. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com slash WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.